please. I invite you to uh, turn in your pew Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. That's on page 1001 for the smaller Bibles. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, and we'll be reading through the 14th verse. Um, Two more. One announcement. Forgot uh, the funeral service for Lowell Sibyl's mother. You know, Lowell and Wendy have attended our church here for a time. Uh, the funeral service for his mother will be this afternoon at 3 p.m. at, at Sibyl's funeral home and a visitation before then. And then as well would uh, like to thank all, all those who... Um, did a great job of uh, decorating, preparing the sanctuary fellowship hall uh, for Christmas and, and these beautiful poinsettias as well. But hear God's word, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, this is the word of God. Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and of the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you, or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds, and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever the scepter of uprightness, is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those? who are to inherit salvation. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. The grass withers 
and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Again, Lord, we thank you for your written word. Holy men, prophets, recorded uh, the words, Lord, that you spoke to them. But we can still say your word is inspired and errant and fallible without any error in its original texts. Lord, we, we thank you even more for the Lord Jesus Christ, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And Lord, we pray that as we study this portion of Hebrews, we would see your, your glory and your grace to us in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. You know, Christmas can be a confusing time for children, and even for, for many Christians, consider all the Christmas names uh, that the world throws at our imagination. Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and all his posse. Along with Santa Claus, of course, and I'm sure there are other names. You know, but, but at Christmas... You know, Christ can get lost in the crowds. You know, think of trying to pick out your beloved family member or or dear friend. If you've been at the airport lately, you can't go to the gates. They all come out the same exit. You know, and if you've been to a bigger airport, you know, it's a mass of humanity. And uh, if you're thinking ahead, your, your friend will tell you or you'll tell them, you know, you can spot them. I'll be wear. I'll still be wearing the LSU cap, even after a tough loss. You know, or carrying, uh, you know, the winter coat in the still humid South. You know, but but consider, you know, when when you finally spot them, you sprint to them. Uh, you you shower your affection on them. You know, this morning, let us be looking at God's word so that we might behold Christ, our Redeemer. While this world might try to confuse us with fake Christs and rogue Redeemers, you know, Scripture clearly reveals our our glorious Savior. You know, and as we look through this first chapter of of Hebrews, and and truly we're going to be focusing on the, the first three Verses, also verse 4, you know, we'll be studying with this truth in mind, that God fully reveals himself in Christ, our glorious prophet and redeemer. Well, what foundational truths should Christians know about Christ? You know, three words uh, to, to keep in mind here as we go through these verses. The, the first is revelation, then redeemer, and then finally a, a reality. We begin with God's glorious revelation of the scriptural Christ. There in, in verses 1 and the first part of verse 2, you know, if you know a little bit about the Bible, 
you might remember that there are 400 years of silence you know, between the end of, of the Old Testament there with Malachi and end of the New Testament. No writing, no revelations from God, no prophets. You know, in the Old Testament, though, the, the Lord did indeed speak to his people through the prophets. You know, that's the truth we see here in in Hebrews 1.1. Long ago, or we could say in former times, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. You know, over 15 centuries, God's prophets spoke God's truth in many fragments, many portions you know, God also spoke to his prophet, prophets in many ways. You know, it, this is Old Testament dreams. You know, Jacob's dream. God spoke to his people in visions. You know, a wonderful account there in Numbers. God spoke to um, Balaam by his donkey. He was tired of getting hit. And he spoke words that we can understand recorded for us there in Numbers chapter 22, verse 28 and following. You know, God spoke to our our fathers, our fathers in the faith by the prophets. To give you just a few examples, we could spend uh, the the morning or the week doing this. Exodus chapter 6, verse 2. Uh, Just to give you one, Exodus 6, well, actually beginning with verse 1. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out out of his land. Verse 2, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. You know, God spoke to these prophets, audible voice recorded for us here in in God's word. You know, God spoke to Elijah. God spoke to Isaiah. You know, so our God graciously revealed himself first to to the Old Testament prophets, these, these chosen prophets, these men of God. You know, they would, quite often you would hear these words when they spoke, thus saith the Lord. It wasn't Moses saying, thus saith Moses. They they were speaking uh, for the Lord. You know, they faithfully called God's people to repent of their sins. uh, But then they they also called them to to love the Lord their God with all of their heart, soul, and all their might. You know, but our God finally and fully revealed himself in Christ. Look there at at Hebrews 1. Again, verse 2. You know, but in these last days, you know, stop for a moment. You know, we we are living in the last days. Those days between Christ's birth, his death, resurrection, and especially his ascension, and the other 
bookend there is, is the return of Christ. You know, we, we are living into those last days. You know, but in these last days, you know, God has spoken to us, you know, by his son. You know, th- this is biblical language. You know, lest you think, well, it's just Hebrews, it's there in the first part of John, John 1, 1, but hear this, First uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You know, God said, you know, God spoke to us. You know, that's a, a gracious theme of Scripture. Go back to Genesis 1, 2, and even 3. How often you, you read that expression, you know, God said, you know, God said, let there be light. You know, and, and there was light. God said, you know, this, Genesis one twenty six. Genesis one twenty six. then God said, let us, you know, and there's a hint of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. You know, all good. You know, but God speaks his loving and life-giving words to us in his Son, you know, one Bible commentator, Stuart Olyot, put it this way about Jesus, the superiority of Christ. God's revelation in the Lord Jesus Christ is superior in character because it is complete. It is superior in time because no revelation will follow it. It is superior in destination because it is to us. It is superior in agency because unlike the Old Testament, which came through feeble human prophets, it has come through God's Son. You know, God spoke to us, you know, by his Son, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, second person of the Trinity, you know, Christ our Messiah. You know, this, on these Sundays leading up to Christmas, we are focusing on Christ, of course, but especially the, what are called the three offices of Christ. Christ is prophet, he is priest, and, re, and king. 
you know, put the shorter catechism questions and answers there in your bulletin. But Westminster Shorter Catechism 23, what offices doth Christ execute as our Redeemer? Christ as our Redeemer executeth the offices of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king, both in his estate of humiliation and exaltation. You know, but this morning, especially focusing on Christ the prophet. And so here, Westminster Shorter Catechism 24, how doth Christ execute or carry out the office of a prophet? Christ executeth the office of a prophet in revealing to us by his word and spirit the will of God for our salvation. You know, Christ is the greatest, most glorious prophet that ever was. Contrary to what some other religions say. You know, he faithfully and fully reveals, you know, God the Father to us. There's a verse, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. You know, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made or caused his light to shine, you know, his glory to shine in the face of Christ. Rough translation. You know, when when we see Christ and we see the glory of Christ, we see the glory of God our our Father. It's it's a glorious revelation. You know, at the end of each year, and I'll start next Sunday emphasizing it a little bit more. You know, I speak a few words of pastoral encouragement, and hopefully they come across that way encouraging you to to be regularly reading your Bibles. Not trying to guilt you. Oh, if I don't read my Bible, you know, God's going to whack me or Pastor Dean's going to get on my case. You know, but, but the Word of God, Holy Scriptures, you know, speak of God's glory and, and grace to us in Christ and, and would encourage you to have a plan a time every day, you know, to, to read God's word. You know, I, I think it's helpful to read one chapter of the Old Testament each day and then to read one chapter of the New Testament. You know, sometimes when people get to Leviticus or Numbers, that's the end of their Bible reading plan for the year. And, and as you read through the New Testament, you know, there, there's a wonderful biblical balance and if you want to take it a step further, I encourage you to read a psalm every day. You know, all of Scripture reveals the glorious character of God, his glorious prophecies about Christ. You know, it, it takes time, energy, effort. You know, the hardest part is, you know, for, for me, I'm sure for many of us, saying, no, I'm going to put down my cell phone. Put it out of reach. Put it on silent. Turn it off. You know, I'm not going to have my quiet time in front of the computer or when the TV's still on. You know, invest time in getting to know God's word, learning the glorious gospel truths about Christ. So God's glorious revelation, now in the second part of verse 2, to be through 3, 
we see God's glorious Redeemer, you know, scriptural Christ, but salvation in Christ. It said, F.F. Bruce put it this way, the story of divine revelation is the story of progression up to Christ, but there is no progression beyond him. You know, here in the space of one and a half verses of Scripture, you know, God's word gives us seven glorious truths about the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior of sinners. And we're especially going to focus on one, Christ is our Redeemer, and we're going to go through these quickly. Really, each one of these uh, could be uh, the topic for a sermon you know, but, but look at God's word. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, first whom he appointed the heir of all things. You know, an heir receives an inheritance, everything that belongs by right to God the Father, believe, belongs to Christ, the Son of God. Jesus, it said, receives every last drop every last dime of God's possessions and promises. You know, we, we see that uh, hinted at or detailed there, Psalm 2, verse 7 and 8. Messianic Psalm, Psalm 2, verse 7, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your in, your heritage in the ends of the earth, your possession. You know, that that's, he appointed Christ the heir, but scripture as well tells us, you know, in Romans 8, 17, that we are fellow heirs with Christ. So all of God's riches that are rightfully Christ's are our glorious Gospel privileges as well. He is appointed heir with Christ. But part of that too is those who suffer with him so that we will also be glorified with him. Second, he's the creator, you know, through whom he created the world. All things were created through Christ. Third, he is the radiance of the glory of God. You know, speaks of, get a little bit theological for a moment, it speaks of Christ's preexistence. Christ was always the Son of God. God was always the Father, always the Holy Spirit as well. Christ's eternal glory as the, as the Son of God. Think of the Shekinah glory. You know, there in Exodus chapter 40, they finished building the tabernacle and the glory filled that tabernacle. You know, that that was the glory of Christ, even there in the Old Testament. Or think of the glory of Christ in, in the New Testament, there at the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, with Peter, James, and John. So Christ, the appointed heir, Christ, the creator, the radiance of the glory of God, fourth, Christ is fully divine, you know, the exact imprint of his nature. We, we say in the Nicene Creed, very God, a very God, begotten, not made. 
Now, Jesus is of the same substance of the Father. John Calvin put it this way, God is known truly and firmly only in Christ. Everything we know about God the Father, we know through through Christ the Son of God. Jesus himself said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. You know, fifth, he's a sustainer. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's a promise now. He not only created the world, but, but he sustains. He protects. He preserves. You know, the sun rises every day and sets every night. You know, because the Lord Jesus Christ sustains his creation and his creatures. You know, there's an old spiritual that you might know. It's not in our Trinity hymnal, but worth knowing and singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. A few verses, he's got the wind and the rain in his hands. He's got the tiny little baby in his hands. He's got you and me brother in his hands. He's got you and me sister in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. You know, Christ's providential power to preserve and to prosper us. Sixth is the the main one building up to this. After making purification for sins. You know, there's a boatload of biblical theology there, and, and we're just going to have, have a sampling. You know, but, but what was the, the, the chief purpose in Christ's incarnation in his sinless life? He, he came to die for our sins on the cross of Calvary. Making purification for sins, you know, that, that's all of the Old Testament theology, the book of Leviticus. You know, Christ cleansed us from our sins by the blood he shed for us on Christ. John the Baptist, you know, that transitional prophet, you know, said this when he saw Christ. John one twenty nine. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin of the world. You know, what's, what's the world? Will everyone be in heaven? Not to give you every last bit of of, of Reformed theology, but the world there speaks of rebellious sinners. You know, those who were resistant, who defied God and disobedient living. You know, God came to, to save his chosen ones. You know, those whom he had chosen from before the foundation of the world. You know, Hebrews 1.3 teaches us not only that Christ is God's son, a glorious prophet, but he is a gracious sacrifice for sins. You know, Hebrews 9 verse 14. Hebrews 9 verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify or cleanse our conscience? from dead works to serve the living God. Christ came as our redeemer. 
you know, to save us from our sins, to secure our salvation. And then finally there, Hebrews, the reign of Christ. He sat down after making purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You know, the session of Christ. But Christ isn't just sitting in a lazy boy. He's sitting upon the throne. He's interceding for us still. The, the reign of Christ in glory. You know, again, another um, gospel song that may or may not be familiar to you, written by Melody Green, sung by Keith Green, all the way back in 1982. Just reading a, a, a verse or two. There is a Redeemer, Jesus God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. And then he goes on, Jesus, my Redeemer. Name above all names, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, O for sinners slain. You know, our our Bibles are saturated with glorious titles for for Christ. You know, seven for us just here in, in Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. But one for us to treasure today, and I believe during this uh, Advent season and other Christmases as well, you know, Christ our Redeemer. Christ our Redeemer. You know, why did Christ come to die for our sins on the cross of Calvary? To conquer sin and death and the grave. How does that impact our daily walk of faith? You know, reflection, meditation upon these these titles, Redeemer. Rejoicing. You know, not, not too much to rejoice in these days. Look at the news. But we can always be rejoicing in our Redeemer and remembering, never forgetting God's gracious love for us in Christ. So God's glorious revelation, the scriptural Christ, God's glorious redeemer, salvation in Christ. Finally, verse 4, and quickly, God's glorious reality. There's a a security in Christ. You know, verses 1 through 4, you know, are all one sentence in the Greek. They they all link together, so you can't uh, separate it, but... And we'll see it flows into the following verses, save those for another time. But Christ's superiority to angels. Christ is superior to Moses, superior to Aaron, superior to Melchizedek. You know, know, again, at Christmas, some people fixate on angels. Don't do that. You know, focus on, on Christ. You know, Christ, our, our Redeemer. Yes, there are angels at Jesus' birth. Yes, we will sing angels we have heard on high. You know, but don't worship angels. You know, we worship only our, our glorious God who, who loves us in Christ. 
And it closes there, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. What, what name? An enthronement name. Could be Isaiah 9, verse 6, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. But we could consider as well Philippians 2, verse 9. Philippians 2, verse 9. We've already read that for the call to worship. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. I believe, looking here at Philippians 2, verse 9, you know, that the name is Jesus. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? He will save his people from their sins. Again, look at your your bulletin, but keep your Bibles open. Coming to a close here. You know, listen to the first and third verses of that hymn we sang. At the name of Jesus. Let me read them. I won't sing them. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess him, king of glory now. Tis the Father's pleasure. We should call him Lord. Who from the beginning was the mighty word? Third verse. Humbled for a season to receive a name. From the lips of sinners unto whom he came. Faithfully he bore it. Spotless to the last. Brought it back victorious when from death he passed. Just a, a, a couple applications here. Even before you start your Bible reading plan in 2023, you know, on these days leading up to Christmas, a few suggestions for you. Some people read Luke at Christmas, 24 chapters. You'll have to do a little bit of catch up here. Today's December 4th. Uh, You could read the Gospel of John, 21 chapters. Finish on Christmas Day, but... One other uh, suggestion is to read Hebrews, 13 chapters. They're all rich chapters. As we learn more about God's revelation of his glorious son, our gracious prophet, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you. that you have spoken to us not only by the prophets. Thank you that we can read those words in your holy word, the Bible. But we especially thank you. We are eternally grateful that you have spoken unto us by your Son. The Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior of sinners. And Lord, give us ears to hear hearts to obey, that we may not only know your word and prize your word, but that we would walk in in loving obedience, Father, and always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.